Greetings and welcome back to another ongoing series of Shurim and Yomi. My name is Yitzchak Et Shalom. We're now in Masachet Yoma, Daf Lamed Hey Amud Bet, at the bottom of the Amud. About to take a look at the eighth Mishnah, this is the third parak. Uh, Balo Eitzel Paro. Now that the Kohen Gadol has uh, gone to the mikvah for a second time, gone into his white special clothes for Yom Kippurim, he comes to his par, the par that he provided. He would be placed, and you have many maps in the in the uh, different uh, versions of the Gemara that are available, would be standing between the Mizbeach and the entrance to the Ulam. Meaning the, the uh, bull would be facing towards the south. And he would have its head turned facing the Ulam towards the west. The coin would be standing on the east and would be facing the west. The Kohen Gadol would put both hands on the head of the par and say the following vidu. But he really said God's name. We'll take a look at that order. Three different kinds of sins. I in my household. And again, say God's name. Again, same order. Again, in that order. And again, say Hashem's real name. So there's three times that order of, in this case, Avon, Avon, Pesha, and Chait. And three times God's name is said. And all the Kohanim who are standing there answer in response, Baruch Shem. Now, the first question the Gemara is going to deal with is the location. After all, this is Kodesh Kodoshim, this Korban. And therefore, it must be slaughtered on the north side. So, who is the authority who says that the area between the Ulam and the Mizbeach is called the north side? The answer is Rabbi Allah's Rabbi Shimon. He will see it through a machloket. Tatanya, Ezut, Safon, what area is called Safon? Mikir Shem Mizbeach, Safona? has the smallest area. He says that Safon means anything on the north, from north of the Mizbeach all the way to the northern wall, but it has to be in the area facing the Mizbeach. So the 32 Amot of the width of the Mizbeach, that area all the way to the wall is considered Safon, but nowhere else. He adds towards the west, even the area uh, from the Mizbeach all the way to the Ulam on the north side. Rebbe says anything on the north side of the Azara, even in the back side of the Mizbeach, meaning east of the Mizbeach, is still called Safon. This everyone will agree, Khalifot was evidently. Uh, a series of windows in the side of the ulam. There were 24 of these windows, and each window was set aside for one of the mishmarot, and they would keep their chalifot, their knives there, for shechita. So that area, and anywhere from that further west, hakomodim shpasul, that's, that's not north, even though it's on the north side, that's not called Safon, because it has to be a Yerach HaMizbeach, and this is too far from the Mizbeach. Now, so should we argue that our Mishnah is only Rabbi Lezbub Shimon and not Rebbe? The answer is no, Filotema Rebbe, Rebbe could agree, uh, because Rebbe says that whole area is north side, 
After all, Rebbe is adding on to Rebbe Yudah. He's certainly adding on to Rebbe Yudah also. So, but our argument is as follows. If it's Rebbe, then put the animal anywhere in the Azara. It doesn't have to be here. If it's Rabbi Lozav Shimon, he could put it also between the Mizbeach and the Kotel, somewhere where everybody will agree it's Tzafon. So our argument in favor of not being Rebbe doesn't really stand, because then even Rabbi Lozav Shimon should have a different statement. The reason that Rabbi Lozav Shimon would say, even though I would allow it, uh, in the area that everyone will agree is Tzafon, I'd rather have it here so the coin Gadol doesn't have to go back and forth so many times. So Rebbe could say the same thing, which means Rebbe could also sign on. The one thing that's clear is Rebbe Yosef Yudah could not sign on to this Mishnah. So we said that the uh, bull has is facing towards the south, but its head is turned towards the west. How do you do that? So Amarav okay at Rosho. The answer is you turn its head. And as you turn the animal's head to face the west. Why didn't you just face it directly towards the ulam? After all, you have 22 amot between the Mizbech and the ulam. There's plenty of room to put a bull there. Because maybe the bull and it's the excitement of everything that's going on will defecate. And then it will be defecating directly back towards the Mizbech. Although none of this is very nice, we would rather, if he has to defecate, to have it not be towards the Mizbech. This is with any korban, not just a, this one. The korban is uh, on the north side, facing the west. And the person who's going to do smicha is standing east of the korban, facing the west. He puts his hands in between the two horns. As long as uh, there's nothing between his hands and the korban. But uh, if possible, if it has horns, to put it in between the horns. If it's a chatat, then he has to say, I'm, uh, I'm uh, doing tshuva, please forgive me for Shabbat, for eating chalev, whatever it might be. If it's an asham, so please forgive me for the shvua and the gzela, whatever it might be. What if it's an Ola? Avon leket shikho peo ma'asar anidiv Rabbi Yosegli. Rabbi says that you bring the Ola, you might be motivated by a spirit of volunteerism, but nonetheless it's going to be machaper for these particular sins which are not giving proper matnot aniyim. Rabbi Kiva Omer, ain't Ola ba ela al aseh. A korban olah is coming for not doing an aseh. Ve'alot aseh shinitaklaseh. Or for violating a lav, shinitaklaseh. Okay, but right, Kami Pagi, so where do Rabbi Yosegli and Rabbi Kiva disagree? I'm Rabbi Yirmiya, Belav de Nevelah Kami Pagi. They disagree about how to understand the love of Nevelah. Rabbi Kiva Sabra Lav Malyahu, since the Torah says, do not eat a Nevelah, rather you sell it or give it, sell it to a Goy, give it to a Ger, and also give Sachim about where that's crossing. So Rabbi Kiva says, it's a regular love. It's not a regular lav, it's a lav because the Torah tells you what to do with it instead of eating it. He doesn't buy that. He says, it's a regular lav, you certainly get makot for eating it in a vela. We're not going to call it lav anitaklase. When the Torah says that you have to leave matnotanim, 
Tazov means you should have left it there, but now that you didn't, it's not nitak, and therefore it's a, and therefore uh, you didn't you you've already are past the point of being able to do the assay. So means even now that you took it, you should leave it back there. All right, and therefore he says that that would be the assay for which the ola is coming. Okay, Tanabaran, Kitzad Mitvadeh. So we saw in our Mishnah, Aviti, Pashati, Vachatati, that order. Vachain Messer Mishtalech, Omer, Itvadalav, it called Avonot, number one, Bnei Yisrael, it called Pishahem, number two, Lechochatotam, number three. Vachain Moshehu, Omer, Nosei Avon, Vafesha, Vachatai. In the Yud Gomidot, God bears the iniquities, the Pesha, we'll see what that means, and the errors. Divir Amer. So Amer says the proper order is Avon, Pesha, Chatat. Chamomrim, not like that. They say, Avonot, Eloaz, Donot. That's a deliberate crime which you're doing because you want to do it. Chenu Omer, Hikareti, Reta, Nefeshahi, Avonah, Vayir. Karet because of Avon, so it's got to be on purpose. Pshaim, what's a Pesha? Eloham, Miradim. That's rebellion, meaning you're not doing it because you want to do it. You want, you're doing it because you don't want someone else to tell you what to do. Overthrow the, the uh, yoke of servitude. Several examples in Sefer Malachim where certain kings rebelled against other kings and it's called a Pesha. What's a chait? It's a sin, it's a mistake. The Parsha Shkagot is always bounded by the word Techta. Um, um, so how could it be that you say Avono, Aviti, Pashati, and then you talk about Chatati, which is Shkagot? So Chachamim say the order should be different. Chatati, Aviti, Upashati. We go from the lesser to the greater. In other words, to the more intense crime, uh, which is that I erred and I sinned and I rebelled. You see in Tehillim, that order. So, again, just like the mayor found several times in Tanakh, the order that he suggested, Chachamim find their order also in Tanakh. So now, So why did Moshe put it in the order he put it in? When Bnei Yisrael sin before you by error and do tshuva, some gzdonot kishkagot and make their intentional sins like shkagot. In other words, no say avon rafesha turn into a chata'a. Rabbi Shua Marav halachak dibe chachamim. We rule like chachamim, and the order of of vidui is chatati aviti pashati. Pshita, that should be obvious. Yachid Rabbi Malachak Rabbim. After all, it's a mayor, the individual against the rabbim. I might think that Ramir's point is well taken. He's got a pasuk in the Torah. So, Kamash Malan, the Rulak Chachamim. Ramir, fellow, was leading the tefillah in front of Rabbah, and he followed Ramir. He said, Aviti Pashati Chatati. What, you ignoring the Rabbana and doing like Ramir? The fellow said, I think Ramir is the right because that's what it says in the Torah. We don't know what Rabbah said back to him, but evidently that was still at least a viable option at the time, uh, although we do rule like Chachamim. Tanu Rabbanan. V'chiper. In the context of Yom Kippur, it says, V'chiper b'chaparat v'chaparat 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 That is not talking about slaughtering the animal, but about words. 
I think it's blood, meaning the shechita. Remember, the first vidui that the coin gadol is doing that we just described is not accompanied by a shechita. He's not going. The animal is going to stay alive after this for a little while. Um, and the kapara that happens later is the sayur meshtaleach when the coin puts his hands on the sayur, and there's kapara, and he's not killing the sayur either at that point. The sayur meshtaleach, So therefore, it's just words. If you want to argue from the pasuk. It says v'hikriv and v'chiper ba'dov ha'beto v'adayin lo nishchata par, and it wasn't yet offered up, wasn't yet slaughtered. So that's the answer. Even though it says v'hikriv, it's not yet slaughtered. So that means it's kaparad dvarim. Now, parenthetically, my vim nafshach lomar. Why do we say? And if you think to say this, because v'chitay manayel v'sayu anasavi fimish kaparto b'damim, because maybe you would infer not from the sayu mishdaleach which is not killed on the point, but rather from the sa'ir that's done inside, the sa'ir l'ashem that is killed, because in the context of the uh, the par, it says v'chiper, and nonetheless it wasn't slaughtered yet. How do we know that the Kohen has to use the word ana? In the case of the Egel, in the son of the Egel, Moshe says, ana and ask for kapara. So therefore we say, that it says kapara there, and Moshe used the word ana, please, so we use the word ana here. How do we know that you have to use God's name? When we find the dead body out in the middle of nowhere and do the kapara ceremony, the eglarufa, they use the word bashem. Okay, but now Abaye makes a side point. He says, I understand why you can't learn what should have happened in Harsinai from the Eglarufa, because what happened in Harsinai was what happened. It's not normative, it's descriptive. And therefore we can't say, well, Eglarufa was Bashem, therefore Chorv was, was Bashem. But why don't we learn Eglarufa uh, from Chorv? And say, just like Chori was Anna, you should say Anna at the Eglarufa, which we don't do. Chitei is that true? There's no Anna there. So the answer is Kasha. Okay? So in the Mishnah, we said that everybody answers, Baruch Shem, the Pasuk at the beginning of Hazinu means, When I mention God's name, you bring greatness to God. So unlike the usual way that we read it, and the way that we're going to read it in the next Mishnah, that we remember a great person, uh, and, and his memory is a blessing, rather, when I mention the tzaddik of the world, Hashem, then you should give a bracha, and that's Baruch Hashem, Kod Machut Olam, that. Okay, we'll pause here, we'll pick it up with the next Mishnah, and the next podcast. Meantime, you should have a wonderful day.